finally got the Mighty Max on the show after a, a long time of discussing. Um, this is the first episode of Through the Scope with Team Endpoint. Obviously, we're on the Endpoint channel today because uh, obviously we're, we're interviewing Max, who's from Endpoint, uh, and I want to get more, more content on their channel. It's the first episode. Hopefully, I'm going to get some more people from Endpoint themselves, the team, maybe some staff as well, Pete coming on. But this is the first episode with Max. We've got the lovely Mighty Max on here with his webcam. He's looking absolutely gorgeous there. Look at him Look with the lockdown trim. You're absolutely enjoying it. Uh, we had a couple of technical difficulties at the start, so hopefully it runs smoothly. Let me know if it doesn't. Uh, but yeah, diving straight into this. I've been looking forward to this with my good mate. Um, we're just going to jump straight into it with the first few questions. Um, MDL season just came to an end. Um, I just want to know what your thoughts are on the entire season. Uh, and just overall, how, how, how did you think it went in the first season of MDL with this new roster? Um, surprisingly well, I think. We went into it knowing that we had a limited map pool and that we were obviously quite a new team as well. So in that aspect, it was quite a pleasant feeling to make the playoffs. I mean, I think we finished fourth overall. So mm -hmm. yeah, it's not really a bad season. So yeah. Happy. Do, you, do you think um, you matched your expectations going in? Like obviously before the season, you guys must have looked at it and said like, you know, this is where we, this is what we want to achieve or, you know, this is where we want to get to. Do you think you like overreached that like at the start or do you think you've done better than what you've expected to do? Um, well, our only goal was to make the playoffs of MDL. So everything else aside from MDL was a bonus. So yeah, we can easily met our goals. Yeah, nice. Um, in that season, what do you think was the biggest learning curve as a team for that season? Probably the scheduling. Um, it's been a massive drain on us. Obviously, I tweeted about it yesterday. Mm -hmm. uh, we've played either close or above 200 maps yeah. since the start of the year so it's been almost a map a day on average so it's it's been pretty out. yeah i think uh, this this will lead me up into my following questions later on in the in the stream but um it's been crazy how many guys like games you guys have been playing like every day even when i message you you guys are just in a hdv game or you're in a you know in a tournament here mdl game it's been absolutely crazy um What's uh, this is a question I wanted to ask, and it links to my other question later on the show. What what's the biggest change from previous seasons when you played in MDL with other rosters? What was the biggest change in this season? Like, what do you feel like was the biggest difference in MDL this season to it was when you previously played in it? Uh, what as a team? Yeah, or or just you as a player? It could be both. Like as you as a player when you played before, um, what do you think the biggest change was in this season? To to uh, compared to the last, sorry. I think a, a bit of it was just knowing that we can compete to a higher level than before. Like we, we kind of proved it before we qualified in some tournaments that we can sort of beat above our level. So we knew as a team and even individually like we're good enough or even better than some of the teams in MDL. So that was obviously a, a big factor, I think. Yeah. Um, but in terms of as a team, like I think we'd have more experience. Like we, we didn't really struggle um knowing how we lost games or anything or we, we knew how to win games as well so it wasn't anything to do with that so I think there's a bit of both like confidence and experience yeah and I think I think the biggest driving factor is when leading up into the MDL season I think you guys gained a lot of confidence right in like uh, from previous games before you know you had the dream hack I think that really helped you guys strive into this next season of MDL you know even it, you even caught me by surprise I thought your first season of MDL would be not, not so much of a struggle because you guys were performing really well but I didn't think you would just 
hit it that hard and actually do so well. Um, obviously, in the end, towards playoffs, which I'm going to get onto in a minute, you could you could tell you know there was a bit of drain uh, of how many games you've actually played and stuff. Um, but that's that's on the next question. The big topic I want to cover from an outside perspective, and I think a lot of people think this. It's obvious you guys are as a roster are playing a lot of officials. Um, you can you can kind of tell. You can see it, like you guys have mentioned it in tweets and stuff like that. And obviously, I'm like we spoke about it privately, you can notice a real burnout from the team. Do you think this has played a part in, in your games in MDL and even other officials you may have played? No, I think it has. I think it affects everyone on the team, not not just including me. Yet. Like we've played you know, 200 games. So it's it's thinking about it now, it's, it's a lot more than we thought we would ever play. I don't think um, any team would expect to play that much. Yeah. Um, but it's just going through the motions that like you play every day. Like we haven't been able to practice for a couple of weeks at least so yeah. for us it like, all the important games come towards the end of a season so in that aspect it's quite bad for us because we're so so drained and so sort of out of the game uh mentally that it's quite annoying yeah but, I, I was gonna say as well like not taking any credit away from obviously games that you've lost of the teams that, that they've played they probably perform well but in in some way like obviously i watch a lot of your guys' games and you can almost tell in some in some games, like I don't want it to come across wrong. You can almost tell in some games where you'll just notice that burnout feeling where you've played all day. Where you've started at what, like nine, ten a.m. or something. You've played all day and you're playing this last best of three, and you can almost tell. Like you can get that vibe, you know, of just you guys have just drained so much in in the fact of you've just played all day and you could just no not I don't know how to explain it in depth, but you can just notice that there's a like burnout there, right? You're just done sort of thing for the day. And I think that plays a part because when you lose to a team that technically you shouldn't lose to and on paper you are better than I, I definitely do think it plays a part obviously not taking credit away from um the teams that do beat you. But linking up to this question, um how how have you and obviously I want to link Ross to this because he is the coach. How have you and Ross like managed to keep the team like just on a balance? You know, like you can notice your players might be just absolutely burnt out, and they just you know you can tell that they just not not that they don't want to be there, but they just they're so drained. How have you and Ross managed to like keep on tr- on top of this and keep them afloat to keep playing at a decent level? Obviously, um, well, like every time we sort of realise that, like we realised the other day that we have. Actually- like you were saying, we had to play a 9am game mm. and then we had to play two more best of threes in that day. So we had three best of threes starting at 9am. Yeah. Like, you just have to get on with it. There's no, like, you can't just complain about it. Otherwise, like, like what's that going to do? Like, you just yeah. have to play. Um, But, in t- like, we keep saying that we'll keep playing until the player break and we have, like, a week or two until we break. So it's just, like, mm. getting over the last hurdle. Um, And everyone knows that we're going to have two or three weeks off so it's it's like light at the end of the tunnel like yeah. everyone knows sort of that if we keep playing now then we'll have like two or three weeks off then we can just reset yeah it's something you can look forward to right like I guess if you didn't if the players and you didn't know that at the end of it there was going to be like a, a nice little break I think it would affect you even more um have you guys sat down and spoke about it like has there ever been a meeting where you guys have just said like look man we are just playing so much like it's, it's proper draining like have you guys sat down and spoke about it at all uh no we we like we we chew on team speaking but we're like man like we have to play like we'll look at our schedule and we go wow we have to play like 10 (laughs) games this week yeah Uh, you asking me when to come on for the show i was like uh let me check next week i've got games every single day for the whole week uh and then like we'll look at him like okay so we have uh, this tournament this tournament this tournament we've got a best of three here best of twos best of ones whatever like yeah it 
like we just sit there and just kind of laugh at it. But it's yeah, like, it's, it's, that's the reason I asked that because obviously so many people have been asking me like how like when are you coming on the show and I'm like, bro, it's impossible. Like every time we try and book to date, like you you're just busy, 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 and obviously linking with me as well. Like I have stuff to do, but like when we was there that last week when I was trying to book you in, like it was just nah, I'm busy that day, busy that day, busy that day. You can just tell, man, it's crazy. Um, moving on from that though. Um, you recently just qualified for DreamHack. Um, this must have been a big relief linking to the whole burnout situation, right? Like, it, it, you you play that much. Obviously, you want some somewhat of a re- reward at the end of it. So seeing that obviously must have helped the team. Um, was this an expected qualification? Like, did you think that you guys would have made it? Like, when I saw it, I was obviously happy for you guys. But I think in the end, I think it's just a big thing for you guys to actually relieve that sort of stress of just playing so much. Um, and linking on to that, like, what's your wishes for this tournament? Like, what, where do you... Where'd you where do you want to be compared to the last remake that you played at? Well, the funniest part was we weren't even going to play it because we were so <laughs> like we looked at our schedule. We went, "Wow!" Like we have to play an entire week of MDL, MDL um, playoffs, and then straight into a dream act. We were like, "We're not going to play it," and then we were like, eh, "We'll play it." <laughs> then uh, we got first seed, I think it was, which was surprising. I think I don't know, was it surprising? Like I think there was quite a few good teams in there, so yeah. we've never really been a, a first seeded team um but i don't think it was really expected like as the bracket started playing out we saw some teams get eliminated quite early and then we thought you know like we have a really good chance yeah um then there was some like massive scandal with some russian team getting disqualified then really we had to, I didn't we had know to that. wait yeah we had to, so we won all our games obviously mm-hmm. and then we went to play at midday the next day and then a russian team got disqualified so then they had to replay the bracket and then we had to wait like six seven hours or something like, like it, was, it was a bit crazy um but yeah like it was definitely like a relief like it's the first time a uk team's ever qualified for an open qualifier mm-hmm. um i think it's the first time that some of us have even qualified to a dream act i don't know don't know speaking for everyone in our team but yeah. at least the majority of our team mm-hmm. um so yeah it's just a shame it won't be a land though like obviously it's quite nice going to a land but it's gonna be played online in august yeah. um yeah, it was a good tournament for us. Uh, yeah, qualifier. that um, I was going to say as well. Like, it, it's obviously not. An, it, it's a great feeling that you guys qualify for that dream app, but it's not obviously it does. A, it's it's kind of annoying that it isn't a land. Like you know, because the land obviously they are sick. Like even watching them, like I love watching dream acts. Um, and obviously because of the corona and stuff like that, you you can't go there. But linking up to the last dream app that you guys played, where 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 do you want to place in this next dream app? Like, what's your your goals for this this next dream app? Like, where do you want to strive to be in this next tournament? Uh, honestly, with the teams that are there, mm. I don't know. I think just being able to comp- like, I think we can beat a couple of those teams. So yeah. we've we've had good um, run-ins with them before. Uh, but obviously, it's going to be right after the player break, a couple of days after the player break. So I think some of them might come in quite hot, some of them might come in quite cold. So we'll yeah. have to wait and see. But I think like maybe winning a couple of games will be good for us. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's something that you said even in the last stream out, you remember, like we spoke about it together and obviously you, I think you guys did better than what you ever mentioned. But I think now going into this next stream out, I think you guys can actually go further than what you did in the original one. I think obviously there's, I think there's a, I'd say this one's a bit more competitive in terms of the last group of teams in the last stream out, but I still think you guys, like you said, can definitely pull a few upsets and definitely pull a few wins there. And obviously you'd love to win the event, but you know, as long as you can, I guess, link to the last one and do better than the last one, I guess that's, that's where you look for the success. Um, 
Moving on to a bit more about you now as a player. Uh, obviously, I've known you a long time, and and I and I've known at times that you you didn't really want to fall into the you know the IGL role. It was something that you you didn't really brush aside. You would do it if it was needed, obviously for the team, but it's not something you fully wanted to invest into. Um, and obviously with this new roster now, you you finally slotted yourself into there, and you're fully 100% invested into being the IGL. And uh, the reason I bring this up is I think it's 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 one of the biggest reasons why your team's such a success is because you finally invested yourself into being an IGL. Um, what made this happen? Like, Is it something that you just said, I've got to do it, or is it something you just naturally slotted into? Um, I think the, like the whole time I played CS, I've always been more of a team player rather than a, like a, a solo player, mm-hmm. even before I was IGL. So like, I would always take positions that were you know, not wanted or whatever. And then it was like, it got to the point where in the UK, there was no IGLs, so it was like, yeah. wow, like, what do we do? <laughs> so, it was kind of forced upon people to change into IGL. Like, I know Adam um, changed from like into an IGL. I changed into an IGL, and it's like, mm-hmm. I don't think people want to do it because it's not really a a role that's looked good upon. Like, you don't really recognize the amount of work that goes into it until yeah. you're actually doing it yourself. Um. But like, yeah, it was kind of rough at the start. Like, I didn't really want to do it, but someone had to do it. So it ended up being me. Yeah. Um, but it's been like a really big learning curve for me, especially like going back to the, if we compare teams that were in Endpoint when I started compared to now, like the difference is just ridiculous. Like how we play, yeah. uh, how I, I think about the game, how I like would set up my teammates, how we set up our team, stuff like that. So yeah, I, I can I can imagine it's a, a big difference from last rosters, and that's a question following up later in the stream about some last rosters that you've been at Endpoint. But staying on this topic, um, was there ever like a, a debate or like a little talk between you and Robin that who would take the IGL role, or was it just something Robin said, I think you should do it, Max, and, and that's how you just went on to do it? Or did you have that little talk preempt, like maybe Robin should try it? Because obviously I, I know Robin IGL'd in the, in the last roster where you had a decent amount of success with the one with Luzza and stuff and Reese. Um did, was it something that you guys spoke about beforehand when, when in the Phoenix days? No, I don't think so. Well, actually, no, uh, it's not true, actually. So when we were playing the WSG qualifier, yeah, um, it was the first, like, it was when we lost to Vex for the first time. I think it was the only time we ever lost to them. It was in yeah. the best of three. We lost 2-0. And, like, we said after that game, I was like, man, we have, like, too many chefs in the kitchen. Like, what, what are we doing? Everyone's yeah. trying to call different things, and then we don't end up doing any of it. Mm-hmm. So, I guess at that point, it was, like, kind of decided that I'd go IGL, and then from there, I've it hasn't really been brought up again. So, I guess that was, like, the discussion, but yeah. it wasn't really a discussion. It was just, like... Yeah, that was just a natural... Money. Yeah, it was, like, the changing point. But I, I guess that's kind of what needed to happen, right? Obviously once you have that person that is now the person that's going to do it that I think that's why it's helped you guys so much and I, I guess that was the turning point in the team that finally made you that IGL and like I said I, I, I'm i so glad that you finally naturally just fell into that slot because beforehand you was you know you would you would do it but it's something you didn't want to fully invest into and I think the reason why obviously no credit away from the other guys because they're amazing as well but I think one of the biggest big reasons of your success so far is because you've actually just fully invested into that role um, linking on to that though um with with you going into IGL, what what's the biggest issue you've run into since falling into fully IGLing now? Like, what was the the biggest problem for for you, and you had to overcome in this team as an IGL? Um, I'd say probably that it's a lot to do with the mental side. Like, I know that I can play at a high level of CS, but it's knowing sort of 
when things aren't going as planned in games and even in like over a period of time, say a month, you, you realize that like we're getting worse or we're not progressing or something. It's figuring out how do we get over that? How do we go beyond the point that we're already at? And that's something that is really hard mm. to sort of like put into words. But it's something that I think over the past three months, now that we've been playing so many games, it's something that kind of makes it a bit easier to yeah. reflect on. So I say that's the hardest part for me. Um, just ref- like knowing how to keep progressing. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those things like you know, next step, next step, next step. Sorry, is on the back of your mind, right? Yeah, I, f- I can agree with that. And linking on to that as well, um, what's the best feeling that you've had so far? Obviously, I gelling with this team. Um. Probably being able to compete at a high level as a night, like for me personally, I'm quite a a novice IGL. Like, I've never really done it to a high level, but in this team, like, I've been able to do it um, to a like almost a top 30 level already, which is. I think it's a good feeling for me. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, it. And once once you fall into that role, obviously, it's very hard to get uh, a lot of ideals. Now, it's very hard to find that like sense of achievement because it's it's one of those roles that you know you don't get a lot of limelight with sometimes. And obviously, you guys have been competing with you know some of the top teams in the world, and that that must be obviously an amazing feeling for you. And to do it consistently, obviously, just increases that feeling. Um, moving on to that, um, from that question, it's kind of linked as well. Um. But when the team was formed, uh, obviously, well, it wasn't really formed, was it? It was kind of just like naturally falling into place. It was like a core of three players or whatever in the Phoenix days. Um, did you ever think that the team could go this far? Like, do you did you did you sit there and think when you was in that team? Did you think, wow, like we are going to be in this position that we are now currently? Did you ever have that feeling? I never thought of it when we first formed. Like, I knew obviously the core of the team could it's already been quite a high ranking already. Like, I think they made like top twenty or top thirty before, but. Mm. I never thought of it in that way when we made the team. I just knew that we could be good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And like when I can't, let's just throw it back to the Phoenix days. It was a core of it was Thomas, Robin, and Joey, right? Or was it? Or was it something? No, something? it was it was uh, Joey, Kaya, and Thomas. Oh, that was and it. Then, yeah, and Reese uh, played a little bit, didn't he? Like Pulse was playing. Wasn't Pulse playing? Or supposedly yeah, going to play? It was like they were they were trying. Like it was during a period where they got all their players took from them. So. It was just Thomas, uh, Kaya, and Joey, and then they tried Robin, and they were trying Reese. I think they were trying. At one point, they were trying Spellan as well. Yeah, or maybe that was before. I can't remember. Yeah, I but... think it, I think you're right with the Spellan thing. Yeah, um, and when when was the actual time when you guys sat there and said, okay, this is when we're going to fully go for it? Like when when like because obviously you joined and whatever. At the time, when I saw it from an outside perspective, obviously I was in fierce at the time, but I just thought you were generally just a mix at first and like, you know, obviously trying, but still as a mix. When was it the the point in time where you guys sat there and went, okay, we're going to go full steam ahead and actually make this a thing? Or was that uh, just we, a thing from the start? No, we were definitely a mix at the start. I literally, um, I messaged Kaya and I was like, do you want to play WSG? Because I saw <laughs> the qualifiers are coming up and they were like... I think Fierce were in it and Vex were in it. Yeah. And I, they, those are the two UK teams. I, like, I was like, right, I want to get involved in this. And then I messaged Kai. He's like, yeah, let's do it. And then obviously, because the, they had the core three of Phoenix, they already had them three ready. Mm-hmm. And then they messaged Robin and then said, like, well, you know, we'll play it. And then we won it. And then they were like, do you want to make a team? Yeah. Hold on one sec. Oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, sorry. Sister came in my room. Um, yeah. So, like, the... Um, fucking 
off topic now. Um, basically, like, I because when I first saw the the team, obviously I thought it was a mix at first, and that was when I first saw the team fully go into like serious mode. Was in that West G qualifier because we actually played you, didn't we? And what round was it? The was it the the was it the quarters? I think when we played you in the best of three, or was it the semi? And then you went on to play the old. Was it Heretics? No, was it Heretics or was it LDLC? So you played someone and that's when you qualified, right, in that game. I can't remember who uh, it was because you beat us played, and you went on to play... Yeah, we played LDLC in that's the That's it, LDLC. Yeah, because when that was when I first saw that roster be proper serious and go, okay, this is when you're going to go full steam ahead with it. Anyway, moving on from that, um, you obviously, when you uh, made the team, uh, I think it was maybe two or three weeks later, you guys picked up Ross, right? I think it was about three weeks later, maybe even longer than that. Um I remember Ross making a tweet and you guys obviously dived into it and got involved. Um, basically, just want to talk about him and how much Ross has helped you and helped the team since he's been joining. Like, Has he helped you in the IGL role like move forward? Because obviously, we ain't doubting his experience. He's been a coach for a long time and there's nothing but good things to say about him from, from past teams. Has he helped you in your role, like fully develop? Yeah, definitely. I think he's not only helped me, he's helped everyone else in the team. Um, I think people have this weird... Well, it's not weird, but like they could, like perceived him as the guy that would come in, yeah, um, and just bring you know strats after strats after strats, um, because that's what he was known for with Excel, I think, mm-hmm. and that's how like that's how we knew him when we first got in touch with him. But it was like when we spoke to him about the role, he had such a different mindset about it, and that's what intrigued us so much. Like he he realized kind of like he was like self critiquing how he'd done it before and realized yeah. that it's not the way to do it or how he wants to do it. And then he basically had a discussion with us um, on TeamSpeak and he was just explaining like what he wants to do and sort of his methodology and stuff. And it really, it was so different to what I'm used to that I, I really wanted to try it and it worked yeah. out perfectly. So. And obviously like at first it's always, you know, one of those things where you have to get used to people. And I'm glad that, to be honest, out of everyone, I'm glad that he actually got the role because I, I, I don't really know him personally, but the only things I've heard about him from before and past teammates is, you know, only good things. And I can imagine that he's helped you guys naturally just progress and helped you in that role, obviously. Um, and for him, obviously, joining the team, was it was there ever a point where he instantly noticed that there was some big issues or there's some hurdles that you needed to overcome that he instantly wanted to just focus on when he first joined or was it kind of just over time? Um, I think it was more over time. Like I think in terms of my opinion of it, like we, from my experience as well, we're a team that didn't have many glaring issues. Like we didn't compared to like UK teams with all the drama you see on social media. Like we didn't have these deep-rooted issues with people like we were all friends we all played with each other at least before like in mixes mm-hmm. or whatever and we all had that like mutual respect and like professionalism and then when he came in he brought even more of it like he understood um kind of the structure of a team and then he was able to identify the issues and then we would just speak about them mm-hmm. no that's a good thing and i mean when when was it actually that it, you guys actually picked up ross like you was a team for quite a while right and it was when you I think it was maybe like three weeks after you joined Endpoint maybe that that's when you actually approached him or did he approach you or did you approach him that's another question as well I think we approached him yeah but I, but I can't remember when it was though. I think it was sometime in January or maybe early February so I know we were searching for a coach for a while um, and like we just we just thought of Ross 
Yeah, because uh, I remember he made that tweet and then obviously that's when about, I think it was like two weeks later, you guys actually picked him up. But that's good to hear, man. I just basically wanted to see, obviously it's about you and Endpoint. I just wanted to see how he helped you and obviously and all that. Um, moving on from that, and we're going to, we talked about it a little bit earlier and you said, I want to talk about and get in, in, in depth with this is past roster, because obviously you've been in part of Endpoint for a while, past rosters that you've played in and linking to this roster now, what's the difference? And you can go through all the rosters if you want, or you can go through just a couple of ones that come to mind. Uh, we can get in depth for this one. Um, but what's the biggest difference between the rosters? Um, I'd say it, de- like, it depends on which roster. Like I think there were some that were like decent, Mm-hmm. And we we just it just folded like it just that was the end of the road for the team and it folded, and there were some that were just like pretty bad. And I I I said before I don't know what stream it was on, but like I I take some blame for that because when I was uh like first signed to IGL that it was mm-hmm. so it was like I was in such new territory that I didn't know what was going on like, yeah. and then like I got like very little support from our teammates so it was like. You know, I don't know what I'm doing, so then I can't tell what everyone else to do. But it was like it's such a weird atmosphere. It was, I don't know, it's hard to explain. But I think some of them um, were kind of my fault for not doing well, mm-hmm. and then some of them were just like bad rosters. Yeah, I, I, I can obviously. I followed input for a while, and even when I was in there, you know, it, things happened. It was up and down. Um, let's talk about. The roster, obviously, where you made top fifty with Joe, Reese, Robin, obviously similar to this core that you've got now. Um, was there any, and I asked this to uh, Lazar on my last show with him, um, was there any similarities with them two teams? That That's why they did so well. Obviously, it's, it's similar players, so that's one of them. But was there some things that you did in that team, that that link, that's why you both did so well? Obviously, that team got top 50, right? And obviously, you're now at 35th, nearly 30, top 30. What, what was the similarities between the two, if there was? Um, I think this, like, well, compared to this team. Yeah, compared to this current team now, yeah. I, I I think they're, in, I guess in terms of ranking they're similar, but I think they're vastly different atmospheres. Like I think the way we got top fifty before was it was like we won EP, ESL UK and we won I series, and then I was instantly top fifty. Yeah. So so like in that aspect, it wasn't as difficult, I'd say, to yeah. reach that ranking compared to now. Um, but it was still obviously a good achievement, and I think we were able to play to a good high. A, a decent level of CS. It was just ultimately, the, I think the atmosphere in that team is so different to this one. Like, I think we used to argue like two, three times a week, Jesus. and it was like in, in this team, like you know, you'd, you'd be lucky to have an argument like mm-hmm. once every two weeks. Like even then, it would be settled instantly. So yeah. like, I think atm- the atmosphere in a team is such a big overlooked um, thing, especially in UK teams. Like, mm-hmm. I think people are really quick to bring the atmosphere down especially with the arguments and just like UK attitudes, I'd say like it's easy to start an argument, especially of how stubborn and like egotistical players can be mm-hmm. and they won't back down from it. So like, especially what I see on Twitter, like some other teams that aren't involved in that. <laughs> wow. so it's, just, it's crazy. Like, yeah. Um, that, that's the thing as well. Like I, when you link back to your roster now, you can you can almost tell from an outside perspective, you know, the attitudes. You've got a lot of experienced players there. You know the attitudes, you know, top-notch. Um, but it's a question I wanted to ask is, um, what's the biggest thing as a team you guys have hit, like the biggest wall you've hit, and you thought, 
wow, this this is this is dodgy. Like this is kind of risky. Like not so much like a scare where you like oh you're gonna fold or something, but just something where you've hit and you've gone. Can we over like can we overcome this? Or it's took you a long time to overcome. It? Is there a, a thing you guys have hit where you've wondered where how long it's gonna take you to overcome it, and you've been worried about it as a team? Playing complexity. <laughs> I sort of knew you'd answer it like that. Is that really it? No, no honestly, <laughs> there's nothing worse. Like, oh. it, was, it was a good thing and a bad thing, I guess. Like, a blessing in disguise. Like, we realised we were good. Yeah. And then we and then we played against them. We were like, wow, we're not that good yet. So it was like, it was like um, a harsh lesson to be learned, I guess. It's yeah. Like, we played them like six times, five times in a row or something. Yeah, and every crazy. time it was in the semi-final or quarter-final or something. But then, like we were able to look at it and go, like, look, obviously these guys are better than us, so let's just learn from it. I, but, I think like, it's a good it, reality it's so check, painful. right? It's a good reality check, I think, as well. Like, yeah, it's a good yeah, and bad definitely. thing, you know. Like, it's scary because you're like, we're doing so well, um, you know. Like, we, we've we've had some really good results. You play them, it's just like bang, and it's like a good reality check because it's like, okay, put us back in where we belong and let's focus on grinding. And then at the same time, it's like wow are we are we actually good or are we have we just been owned now it's a good answer to be fair i, I kind of thought that that would be um it but it, it's got, at least it isn't something worse bro it could be something where you could like arguing all the time or something um moving on from that um what what do you think is the biggest uh, you kind of touched upon it with, with the attitude but what do you think are the like multiple reasons why um, this roster is so superior because I think this is the best UK roster we've ever had. That's just my opinion, and I think a lot of people would agree. What is the th- what is the things or multiple things that makes this team so superior to previous endpoint rosters that, or previous rosters you've been a part of, or even previous UK rosters that have been around that have done well? Um, I'd, I'd say it's like one of the main things. Like I said, is atmosphere. Like we. We, I think we've all played in teams where the atmosphere is bad and everyone knows when it gets bad, like your team can just fold off that instantly without anything else. They can just fold off people hating each other, mm-hmm. like pay, pay arguments, like like those little like snide comments at people, like that really like immature stuff. So like that's by far the most important thing. Mm-hmm. But I think as well, obviously we've got like great support from Endpoint, which is another factor. Yep. Um, and then, third i think it's just like the mesh of the players like there's no egos in this team like we've, we've all like i've known joey for for years i've played with thomas before i played with robin before mm-hmm. the only person i didn't really play with was kaya but like he's yeah. so easy to get along with it doesn't really matter like he has no ego or anything so like everyone puts three egos aside when we play and we just play as a team so there's no there's no like confrontations or anything when we play it's just like we set the team up we we go through our practice and we mm-hmm. play and then there's no we try to maintain a good atmosphere and that's all we do. Yeah, I think that, and I, I've said it for a long time, even when I, you know, started coaching and stuff, like having that fluid motion of just such a good atmosphere and just in a team and just enjoying it together is such a key thing. And I'm glad, and, I'm, and I, I kind of recognise with that team, like a lot of people doubted that there would be a lot of clashing, but when you know the people, and obviously I know them, uh, quite, most of them quite well, I always knew that you guys would just get along and just do your thing, you know, do your job essentially. So that's a good thing. Um, moving back on to a bit about you now uh, instead of the team, I just want to know what, so far, what your favourite moment of your career has been in CS. And it can be multiple things if you want it to be. Um, I think being able to compete at Anaheim was a really good feeling, like especially with how new of a team we were. Like we we went into it just sort of cramming everything in, trying to get, you know, enough of a map pool down that we could play a best of three. Um, but we managed to 
take a series of Forza, which is quite nice. Um, I think qualifying for MDL again was another good feeling, and then like in, in addition to that, like making the playoffs in our first season again. Like mm-hmm. this, this entire season's been pretty crazy, to be honest. We've been non-stop playing since January without a break, and it's like, like reflecting upon it, like it's a quite a good feeling of how far we've come. And I know that next season we can go even further um, by putting the same, or if not more, level of work in. Yeah, and I mean that must be a good feeling, right? Like after because you went through this period of where you were out of the team, you were out of endpoint, and it was kind of like a horrible thing, wasn't it? Like situation, like you were trialling in a couple of other teams. So for naturally like six months ahead, maybe longer, this has all come about and all this hard work starting to pay off. It must be a great feeling. Um, linking on to that question though, um, what do you think, and I probably thought this would be the answer, but what do you think the worst moment of your career has been so far? And again, it, it can be multiple. Um, I don't know. I think... Most of last year, it's been a pretty bad point. I think like we didn't we didn't compete that well in employing. Like it was just like it was the year of just losing. Like we didn't do anything. We went to Copenhagen games. I think we couldn't qualify for that. We came back. I think we got relegated from ESL UK. Mm-hmm. I, I'm pretty sure we did anyway. Um, but we managed to sort of yeah, you re-qualify did. Um, we had like different teams in Endpoint that just weren't that good, and then that, that was when I like got pushed back into the IGL role, mm-hmm. and then obviously I got removed from Endpoint, which I took as like a, a bad thing and a good thing. So I might, it managed to let me have time off of CS mm-hmm. to sort of reflect. Like I, I thought about quitting, and then I was like, uh, now nah, I still play, and then. The experience of the European teams was quite good, I think, for me. It like, opened yeah. my eyes, sort of, like the atmosphere of teams and sort of how they get along with each other. Yeah. And then towards the end, it got a bit better again. But I say, like, the worst part of my career was probably last year. Yeah. For sure. I, I thought that would be the answer as well because I, I knew firsthand, obviously, what happened and stuff like that and how bad it was. It's kind of linked to me as well. Um, and, and you mentioned, like, trialing in the European rosters and you you learned some things you know and, and how things are differently and I guess as well when you was moved from endpoint again when I looked at it from an outside perspective I thought of it a good and bad thing because you were seen as literally like the man of endpoint and then but at the same time I also thought maybe it's a good thing now to time to move on and try different things you know um, but this is another question I want to ask and it's going back to the team and Neil just asked it in chat I want to ask it now because it's a very good question when I think about it and it's something I didn't think of um, do you think people like K-Man and Joey and the way they approach CS is a lot different to UK players naturally or even players that you've teamed with before and how do they approach it differently and just not caring about other people and stuff like that yeah massively like from my experience like I'm kind of limited to just people that played an endpoint right it's literally the only team I played for I think mm-hmm. um but yeah like like whenever I talk to them about the matter of maps or like things that we can do they always bring like a, a perspective on it mm-hmm. rather than just saying you know like i don't know or like just doing things that you know they've done for two or three years already like i know some p- people will like just be habitual in what they do they'll just play the same way they mm-hmm. won't improve and then they wonder why they're not improving um but yeah it's definitely they definitely approach the game differently but i guess it goes to their experience like they've all been in top teams yeah uh, like i know jerry's been to america kai's been to america like even in europe when they're in epsilon like they did really well so mm-hmm. 
yeah, I think that probably um, attributes to why they're so better, so much better than UK players. Yeah, for sure. I mean, experience is a key thing. And like, if you link it to other UK players or, you know, past UK players you might have played of, or even just naturally UK players in general, uh, the attitude is the big difference, right? And and I think a lot of people, like when we look at Endpoint now, a lot of people can learn from the team as a whole and individual players and how they approach the game. And this is why in the future, I want to get like people on from the rest of the team and people can get more of an insight of how the team's working. It might be a bit of a struggle, but I'll, I'll, I'll try my best. Um, but... I want to get them on and, and get people to have more of an insight of how they approach the game and how you approach the game as a team because I think it's a big learning thing for a lot of UK players and UK teams to take from. It's clearly an option on why um, uh, why you guys are doing so well. Um, moving on from that though, uh, about the back to the team again. What what after this player break coming up? What as a team do you guys want to achieve for the after the player break when you come back for the rest of the year and so on? Like, what what are your goals? Have you have you discussed it or is it something just in the back of your mind? No, we definitely haven't discussed anything yet. Mm-hmm. But I'd, I'd say it's probably safe to say that if we don't make top thirty before the player break, then I guess trying to make top thirty mm-hmm. is the main goal. Um, we've shown that we can compete in MDL, so I think making the playoffs again would be another goal. Yeah. Um. But yeah, we have to just wait and see. Like maybe the guys have different opinions to me, but I, I think it's safe to say those are all the same. Yeah, for sure. Um, and like I said, it, it's kind of a, 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 a not a. It's kind of an in-depth question, really, because with Corona situation and 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 how the events are going now, it's kind of a hard thing to answer because you don't know what's going to be happening in in a few months, right? Like you don't know if you're going to be going to events. It's probably still going to be online for a long time. So I just wanted to know really what 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 the the future was but um i guess again making top 30 is, is the key one um going back to advice onto the scene and stuff bro i've had this dm so much since i announced that you were going to come on the show so many people have asked this question to me and, and we just got to go over it and it's basically just uh, just advice you can give to people um as an upcoming player wanting to fill into the igl role um what's the best advice you can give to start learning and just to start off as an igl Oh, it's such a hard question to answer. <laughs> I think like, there's so many different things you can do. Um, and I'm probably not the most qualified person to give advice. But from, from my point of view, I think it helps if you're playing with people that respect you mm-hmm. and will sort of give you the the freedom to sort of improve and give you the time to improve. Um, like Watching demos is a must. Like You, you can't get away with being IGL with without knowing the, the meta of maps. Mm. Um especially at our level, like when we play complexity, like they're always ten steps ahead of us. And then we learn every time we're like, wow, like these guys, like we think we know how to play a map and then they absolutely slap us like sixteen four and we're like, wow. So yeah. You have to put in extra effort outside of practices, I guess is the way to put it. Like and you have to put in probably double the work, if not more, of your teammates because they're not going to do the work for you. Mm-hmm. That's something I learn a lot, especially in UK teams. Um, so, yeah, I'd say that's a good basis to start from. And, like, figuring out, like, what comes later is figuring out how you want to play. Like, I think if you're starting out, like, you can kind of get away with copying strats, just copying, mm-hmm. you know, you can watch Charles go, oh, they've got this cool exec, let's just copy this. And you'll get away with that for a while. But like when you get higher and higher on the rankings, it's like you have to understand the maps in a more like 
detailed way like yeah. knowing how to default knowing how to fake off these things knowing um the timings of timing windows of certain plays and stuff but i think a good starting point is just watching loads of demos getting a strap route together and just calling them like just like a strap roulette because that's the only way you'll learn i think yeah i think i think it's a, i think that's a very good answer because like you said it, it's a question it's very hard to answer I, I get asked it a lot and it's very hard you know to base off an answer on what they're doing you know like this question can be answered in so many different ways to the right person so i think you've answered it quite correctly there um moving on from that link in it to as well is as a new team as a whole what's the best advice you can give for them to start off and 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 grow quite well not quite quickly but the best way to grow as fast as a team new team best advice uh, step number one is make realistic goals. Like you can't, if you're starting out on ESA Open, you say, you know, it, within nine months, you want to be in advanced, <laughs> but you have, you've, had, you've had no experience yeah. in main, in immediate, even let alone advanced, like it's just not realistic. You have yeah. to be able to realize sort of where your level is and where you can achieve. Like it's not, so you don't, like you so you don't set a goal and go, oh, we haven't made advanced, let's fold the team. Yeah, it should be like a stepping stone process. Um, and and setting like short term goals, medium term goals, and long term goals. So it's, a, it's what we did, I think, at the start. Like we set a couple goals, but for us it was easy. Like we had at the Anaheim spots, so we said like, you know, we yeah. want to do this at Anaheim. We had experienced players, but, and we were all in advance. We, you know, we want to make MDL. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's definitely a, a beneficial thing to do because then you can keep track of the progress and you can compare six months down the line to where you were and say like you know is this working yeah for sure and and like linking on to that answer um do you think like i I always say this for my answer when people ask me this question do you think it's good as well and you kind of said it in the first question like when when a new team's formed do you think it's good for them to sit down and go like let's find out how we play and learn about every single player and work off of that like I think it's good to understand what team you're working with right and what players you've got and build the 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 team style off of that you know finding your style do you, can you agree that that's the another good way of starting out as a team like finding your style of how you want to play yeah, definitely like especially if you haven't played to people before like you don't know what sort of player there are so uh you have to sort of as an IGL figure out the composition of the team like who's gonna lurk who's open like who who does certain roles better than others who's yeah. gonna be the anchors on ct who's gonna be rotational players like mm-hmm. it's not i used to have like a really polarized view of cs like it's black and white but it's not as simple as that mm-hmm. and that's what you learn in igl like it's never it's never simple you have to figure out things as you go and that's definitely one of them yeah for sure um and and like i said i think it's it's one of those things as well where it, at the start, it just takes a little bit of time to find your feet within the team. You, you've got to give it a little while to work out the basics and and where you're going to go, you know. And and when you mentioned about just setting out sh- realistic goals, and I think Laza said this as well. It, I think it's such a uh, such a key thing to all teams. So if anyone's watching, remember that just setting realistic goals as a new team. Um, this is another question, bro, that I've been asked numerous times for you to answer. Um, best way to learn how to anti-strat. Uh, or to get started on watching demos and where can it be used most effectively? Um, so in terms of anti-striting, like I think at a lower level, teams won't have diverse playbooks. So like you can watch, you know, a handful of the demos and realize that's how they'll play a map. So all you got to do is literally um, 
just load the demo up like right now like i use the refactoring on the ACA, which is really good um you can go on there speed through a demo find all their strats and then like what you have to do with the anti-strat though you can't build a wall of text and tell your team you know every single strat and every single grenade that's being thrown. it needs to be like digestible information so that mm -hmm. when you tell your team before a game like they don't just start panicking and going oh are they going to throw this like are they going to fake it like certain things mean this like you have it has to be like really accurate information that is easy to digest and like mm -hmm. you know instantly how to counter it or what to expect you know so that's like the most important thing for an anti-strike that it can't be too complicated yeah um but at the same time you don't want to change too much of how you play to anti-strike a team because that's something that has happened to me before it's like we've anti-strike a team yeah and then it turns out we're not even playing what we want to play because we're, yeah. we're so focused on what they're going to be doing mm -hmm. that everyone's just pooing themselves like oh wow this this strat's going to come in it, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the, it can like the most effective way of using it is, I don't know what it, you mean by that. Like, it's just making sure that the information is correct by watching not just one demo. You have mm -hmm. to watch a handful of them, or like even more, depending on how much you, you want to do it. Um, and just making sure that it, the information gets relayed correctly and people understand it. Yeah. The the whole question about it being used effectively was just in the sense of like, like you said, at the lower level, it's very hard to start anti-strutting teams because like you said, they, a lot of teams won't have the same like diverse playbook. People will just do random things. It's very hard to start out. The whole effective question is like, where when they do use it how to put it into place and you answered it really like relaying the information and stuff like that is the best way um next question final question about like helping other teams and stuff in the scene um best way to practice as a team as a unit as a, a starting off where where would you start off like practicing as a team in the best way um i think trying to play the to so the way that we did it in this team is for me it was the first time doing it as well was mm -hmm. i literally in the, the first thing we did was build our map pool like i said what maps do we want to play what maps do we not want to play and people literally voted on what maps we didn't want to play so it was it came i think it came at the start it was like everyone wanted to play you know like mirage inferno dust here and stuff and that the maps like overpass and nuke were towards the bottom because they're like this maps people don't really enjoy playing so mm -hmm. instantly we knew we like we had like three or four maps that we knew we were going to be playing yeah um so building a map pool is probably the most important thing um second thing i guess is setting a schedule because it depends obviously like i know we play full-time but not everyone can play yeah. full-time just setting a schedule that you can practice and you know these are the, the days or hours we're practicing rather than it being just sporadic i think that winds people up or it's not as effective as well like it's just yeah um and the third thing is just watching demos together i think if it's possible watch your own games back but i know some teams can't then they don't play ESCA or whatever but mm -hmm. watching professional teams play together is a really good thing you'll learn a lot regardless but obviously if you can't watch your own games back you'll learn so much more yeah so those are the three things i'd say you want to start off practicing and, you, and you'll find progress like instantaneous i'd say yeah i think i think that's very good points to make for like just starting out um and linking on to the question i asked a minute ago for people starting out to learn uh watching demos and anti-strat would you would your advice be to go to um 
a third party software or would it be to learn just how to use the the normal uh demo ui or would it would you advise them no, to go I, and use a different program? i i would i would 100% say to use the refracting on the SEA. it's yeah. it literally i've played cs for a ridiculous amount of time and it's by far the easiest thing you can use to watch demos like it's mm. just so you, you you play the normal demo ui and you have to skip around you have yeah. to wait 10 minutes and you, you like you miss something you want to go back oh well, you got to wait another 10 minutes and it's just like it's ridiculous yeah for sure i i would say the same like use a different program like there's so many good programs out there um my last few questions is just about um the scene and we're going to get into them and then obviously we're going to have a little q a at the end um Basically, I just want to know your thoughts on the current UK scene and like, why is it so like we're going to get I want you to get in the depth on this as well, because so many people want criticism from you. Why do you think the scene is at, it is right now, despite so many people quitting for Valorant? I mean, you can touch on that topic as right. well if you want, because this, this is where we're going to get the flame on. Get the flame on. <laughs> I'm not even joking. I'll need you to link me the spreadsheets. I literally don't even know. Well, you want me to give you the sheet? Give me the sheet. All right, wait there. Let me get it for you. I'll get, I'll get you the sheet. Wait there. The sheet, the name. Is uh, like when I when you say the UKCS scene, I at this point I don't know who is even playing. Yeah, like, and I, I I mean to be honest, you're not the only one. I mean, I started doing this sheet out because I know a lot of people within the scene, you know, from all levels, and that's why I wanted to do it. Um, but like you say, people that are you know, focusing on their own teams and at quite at the top level, really don't know who's in the scene anymore. Uh, here, I'll get you the link now. Uh, let me get you this. Share this. One sec. Uh, here, if you go to the chat on the right of our screen, I've put it in there. You should be able to see it. See it on the... Here we go. Right. Here you go. Yeah, so I saw, obviously I saw this when you were doing it a while ago. Um, yeah. So... There's a lot of red on it right now, which is it the folded teams or teams aren't playing? Uh, well, yeah, not 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 playing folded essentially. Yeah, it is the red blocks. There's a lot of them. Yeah, so I'd <laughs> say off the bat, it's not in a, a great position. And I, I think I was watching your stream before with Emperor or Ash. Yeah, I think I think it was Emperor. Mm-hmm. He said that it's the worst it's been in for a long time in terms of the scene. Like, yeah, there's no there's no sort of competitiveness within the scene. So like, I don't know whether ESL UK is going to run anything. Yeah. I have no um, idea if they are. Cause it used to be like the top of the scene was like a, a battle between, you know, three or four teams. But now mm-hmm. I don't really see any of that. Like, yeah. You have people reaching out into other regions, like with Mezzi and Adam going to Gamer Legion, which is obviously a really good thing. But at that, at that point they leave, leave the scene. Right. So, yep it's a bad point so um but in terms of the teams like yeah i mean there's still a handful of teams ranging between sort of advanced down to open mm-hmm. but i think the, the skill disparity between the teams is in in the best position like i was saying before there used to be in esl uk it used to be like a battle between you know three four or five teams but now everyone sort of quit moved to other games or just flat out just yeah. quit playing so it's probably the worst I've seen it. Um, the second time it was probably close to this was I think before Gfinity or just after Gfinity when everyone started quitting again. But mm-hmm. I think at this point it's the the worst I've seen it in terms of 
high tier teams. And and getting on like staying on topic about the scene. Obviously, I don't want to go too off topic with the interview with you, but um, that's Emperor's just made a tweet saying he's quit CEX. So that that affects the sheet even more that we're currently oh, on. Oh really? He just made a tweet saying. Obviously, I don't want to get off topic because this interview with you and about input and stuff. But linking to the scene, he says parted ways with the CEX esports guys. That's me done with CS altogether. I think now not going to be actively pursuing future projects. Not going to give out details. Details publicly, it is what it is. So we, we speak about the scene, mate, and it's getting worse whilst we're live on stream. So ah, uh, that's a that's a that's a that's a that's a topic I can touch on in another stream. But um, anyway, linking on to that question and about the scene, do, do you think that it can get back? To, so let's link back to the level where we had the the three or four competitive teams at the top. You know, we had you, we had Fierce, and we had Vexed, and then we had like the you know Shets at the time what they were called. They would you know, give some people a good game. I think they beat you in a best of one in EPS, right? Um, they obviously best of ones. You know, we don't want to bring it back, but I'm just saying that they can compete, you know, at, 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 at that yeah. level. Um, do you think we can get back to that anytime soon? Or do you think it's going to be a long time? And if you do think we can get back to that level, what do you think needs to be put in place? Or what, 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 how do people need to change to be where we are, where we was? Honestly, I don't, I don't see how we'll get back there at least anytime soon because everyone that was in those teams is quit or gone to Valorant. So, and obviously their own scene in Valorant is sort of new and and emerging. So, I don't think unless like they quit Valorant and come back to CS that they're gonna start playing again. So it's like it's kind of on the teams that are like Chets and were like teams below them is to get better and better, which is difficult because. I think the only team they can look for, like, I, I always compare this like the, the Brazilian scene, right? When they first came back um, with Fallen and stuff, they didn't play CSGO, but then they, they won all the majors and all these Brazilian teams had to look up to them. And like right now, like, we're the best UK team. And, the, and even then we're not, like, we're good, but we're not at, at majors or anything. So there's nothing uh, special like that so like we're the only team they can look up to and which is something i've been trying to do well i'm planning to do is like build like a, a way for people to learn how to igl and stuff because i think yeah it's something that in the uk especially that like, there's no veteran players willing to help people so it's yeah. something that i'm going to try and do mm-hmm. um but that's it's going to take a long time before the scene gets better i think yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be a while. I, I can yeah. agree. Um, and when you touched upon uh, like saying you want to, you know, help out with the streams and, and you want to give back to the community, like, cause people from before didn't want to do it. That's essentially why I've started this. And like, this is why so many people wanted you to come onto the show, bro, is because they want to learn from you. So the fact that you're going to go on and, and push out some content and, and try and find a way to help people is, is total respect. Um, but moving on, from, that's my questions for today. Moving on, we're going to go into a little bit of a Q&A and chat. A lot of people um, was asking uh, some questions, questions you've asked before, boys. Chuck them back in the chat and I'll ask Max on stream and he'll give you an answer. Um, I think some people, yeah, there's one here actually, I've, I can see it. Are you surprised how well some of these UK teams have done in Valorant? Uh, no. <laughs> uh, no. No. Just, um, no. <laughs> No, I think obviously when they were playing CS, they, they were still, I know they weren't top of the European side of things, but they were still good players. You know, like you look at Fish123, and I'll admit they're literally the only team I know. So maybe there are some other UK teams, um, but, you know, they've got like Link and Dom and stuff, and they had Ardis and they got Jay and who else they got? 
oh, I'm forgetting someone. Uh, but like yeah, they, they yeah. were all they no, were all good right. CS players. Yeah, they were all good CS players. So like in that game, from my experience playing it, like it's similar to CS, if not a slower game than CS. So like it's a game that will reward aiming, and they were all really good aimers. So mm-hmm. and they got they got Sticky behind them, who's just kicking them up the arse every time they want to get lazy. I think so, which is yeah, a good thing for sure. Um, Moving on as well, there's another question here. What are you doing after you finish your season of CS, like celebrating having a lockdown party? I guess he means in the player player break. What are you gonna do in your lovely little player break, mate? Nice few beers, um, some beers. I don't know. I haven't really planned anything. Like we can't go on holiday <laughs> or anything, can we? So yeah. we have to wait and see. Maybe. Nice little chill one, mate. You'll probably be sitting here still playing CS. <laughs> yeah, probably. Uh, I'm sure he'll be having a nice little. Nice little swim in the pool that he's got, shrimp on the barbie and all that, and having a nice beer. Um, does he? Do you regret making the switch to IGL? Um, I'd say that in terms of individually, like, yeah, because I think I've always been a better player that hasn't been IGL. Like, before I was IGL, I was always the sort of secondary guy that would, like, coordinate around the team. Which is kind of what Robin does in our team, because obviously, like me and him have IGL'd in teams and not IGL'd in teams, so like it's kind of natural for us to. If, yeah. I, if I'm IGLing, that he's going to be like a secondary kind of guy, yeah. Um, along with Kaya, so like, in terms of like individually, I kind of regret, it, but like at the same time, I I don't because I think it it was required, like in order to naturally progress the scene, like certain people had to go IGL, so yeah. I would have probably regretted it more if we weren't doing so well. Yeah. But we are, so like it, it's working out. So I don't. I don't no, know for sure. It. When you've got that satisfying feeling, you know, you're not going to regret such a decision. If you made that role change and then you guys just went down the drain, it would be kind of a regret. So yeah, yeah. It's fair enough. Um, some guy said that he's looking forward to any sort of tutorials that you bring out for UK players and stuff like that. That's a question I want to touch on what he's just said. Um, when do you think that you're going to start pushing out some more stuff for people to help people out? Have you got like a plan? Uh, obviously, you've been streaming a couple of times, but is it something you're going to work on and start pushing out regularly in the future? Yeah, I mean, I've had a few DMs already about it from my streams, but it's something that like, like we were saying before, with our schedule right now, like it's it's impossible to do right now, but I think either during or after the player break, it'll be more of a thing that I can do just because at that point we're not playing you know best of threes every single day mm-hmm. so it's like a work in progress i think there's no real set um agenda for it yeah yeah for sure uh sniffle04 asks what were the best things specifically that ross cs brought to the table as coach which helped you guys improve the most um i think one of the things he did was sort of like we had, we had a boot camp before he went to Anaheim, which in hindsight wasn't a great. Well, actually, it kind of it was a bit of good and bad of a boot camp because we ended up playing, I think, like eight qualifiers instead of practicing. Yeah. Um, but like we were all getting like so mad, like not like, kind of at each other, but but also just mad of just like playing. You know, you like how qualifiers are. You start at like one p.m. You play the entire day, and then if you lose like we did, we had to play the next day in a different qualifier and then we'd lose and then we play the next day. So it was going crazy. But like what he was able to bring was just like this level-headedness and like kind of maturity. And like he would contextualize all of our defeats as like progress to improve and mm-hmm. to reflect upon and stuff like that, which is why like I was saying before, everyone thought of him as like this guy that would just bring straps. Whereas mm-hmm. now he's sort of this, um, I don't know what the word is, but like, 
he's more than just bringing distraction. You know I mean, like yeah, he's yeah, able yeah. to like keep us level-headed, and like he knows kind of what to say to not annoy people. Yeah, and he's able to also address any issues that like occur. So. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't know him too well personally, but from an outside perspective, I can, I can, and from his interview, I can kind of tell he's got like a very good tone and he's got a very good way like of approaching people and talking to people in the team. And we mentioned, we spoke about this before with other people and we're not going to name any names. You've got to be a very good uh, people's person, right? To, to uh, able to, you know, deal with problems and talk to people in a, in a good manner, especially when people are, emotions are high. And I think the tone of his voice and the way he approaches himself as a person, I think is very good for you guys. And obviously it fits really well. Um, any more questions for Max in the chat boys? Um, I've asked all mine. We're just going to finish off a little bit more of a Q and a, any more questions before we go? I'm sure it won't be the last time I have him on a stream. I'm sure I'll get him back on eventually after they qualify for another tournament or win another one. But any more questions? If not, we're going to call it an end boys. Can you ask about Ian's? <laughs> I can't ask that. I'm trying to ask serious questions here. Content, you know. Um, everyone's just flaming each other. I think someone had a question up here from earlier. Let me just quickly grab it. Oh no, that's just Keita and Pickles asking about how many showers you've had this week. Never mind. Uh, uh, I, I saw. I saw Thomas. Um, obviously, it was kept between me and Thomas, but I will say that Thomas. I mean, Ross does abuse us a lot verbally. Um, <laughs> there he is. Abuse. Coming all out now on stream. Has he got a Domino's on the way? Pickles. <laughs> is, that, is that an actual question? Is uh, this a no? It's no. Okay. All right. Is, is a... George is such a good looking lad. Thank you, Tapo. I love you. Uh, here we go. Some proper questions. Finally, these are the guys I want. Uh, has there ever been a moment recently where you've proper proper doubted yourself as a caller, like as you guys have climbed the ranks? Um, yeah, like it's it's easy when we lose to start down on yourself. And like when, like for me personally, when we can't practice and add new things, I always feel like teen to understand how we play a lot like easier every time we play them because like, if, you, if you practice them and you play against them and then all you do is play officials all they have to do is watch some of your demos and like if you can't practice you can't add new things so then i think every team that we play against anti-strats as well so it's like if we can't add new things they know exactly how we play and then it, it makes it so much harder for me to call because i've got to do like random calls you know and, and if it's not um coherent or it's not something we've gone over before it can be confusing and then if you lose because of that you're doubting whether like you're calling well and like everyone else is sort of doubting you as well they're like oh wh why are you calling these things we've never done before yeah so like it's it's obviously when you're when things are going well it's hard to doubt yourself but when things are going bad like you have to um contextualize the losses and realize that in the grand scheme of things they're not that bad like um, yeah, we're towards the end of the season, you know, and like every, everyone in our team is drained from playing so much, especially yeah. me. So, yeah, yeah. That, that that burnout uh, topic is obviously when we touched upon it earlier. If anyone's missed the vod so far, you can go back in and check it. This is obviously going to be on YouTube as well. Uh, but when we talked about that burnout thing, it's definitely played a massive part in this roster. Um, some more good questions here. What are the qu uh, key qualities needed in being an IGL, in your opinion? Um, you have to. Well, I, I know there are different ways of IGLing from what I've heard. Like, I speak to Keita a bit and obviously Coach Complexity. So I, I know a bit about how, like, they would sort of approach the game and how I'd approach the game. Yeah. Like, the way that I do it is more sort of more open. Like, because I'm also learning what I'm doing at the same time. Like, I take a lot of input from my team. 
so like like being able to take criticism and also not be afraid to ask for help and like for opinions on things is is a, a big positive in my opinion yeah um and also like not raging at your teammates and it's not just an IGL thing but any player in the team like don't sit there raging at your teammates mid game because it doesn't really help anyone and it's something that like we've set as a to keep the atmosphere good in our team like it's just a rule that we don't do anymore so it's um some other things i guess is you have to be hard working and like resilient because mm-hmm. especially for me i haven't really done this before so it's a lot of getting things wrong before you get them right so you have to stick out mm-hmm. um so it's probably a list of things to be an igl like some people have it quite naturally like, yeah. like in terms of leadership um whereas i'd probably say i don't so it's like learning how to be a leader as well yeah um yeah like there could be hundreds of things yeah I, I think i think as well like that question as well can link to the content you're going to start pushing out right so you know you can get yeah, more in depth right, in that yeah. when you when you get onto that in, in the next weeks uh next weeks or so um more questions here as well um pickles good question what does max think it's going to take for them to get into the top 30 <laughs> I don't know. Like HLTV finally given points for the the uh, right tournaments. No, never mind. I don't know. Like we can qualify for DreamHack. We can win tournaments. No points. Like I, I don't know. Maybe yeah. we have to win the major or something. <laughs> there he is, angry guy. Moving on from that. Um, what's the worst map in your opinion, and why is it Dust Two? Sniff one four. What's the worst Dust map? Two. Yeah, he said Dust, Dust Two is the, the worst maps. Mike Max loves I, Dust too. What's your what? What do you think the worst map is in the pool right now? Well, as an IGL, yeah. um <laughs> mate, it has to be overpass, surely. Like that map is so like, especially playing T side. Like you watch any team, and it's so hard to play a T side overpass because it's so big. And you, if you get forced into doing strats, it's, it can be quite readable. And if you yeah. try and default, you just get picked, and you end up five before the entire game. So it's like. It, it's that map for me 100% yeah for sure um, there's more questions here as well Jesus Christ we're all coming out now with questions boys um, is there any lineup you would like to see form in the UK that could have a chance to stick together and progress Endpoint Pete the boss the gaffer um, just say me mate if you want well, <laughs> I think I think they like, they kind of could be a team but it would require like people that aren't in the scene to come back that makes sense like yeah so and then that that goes about even the the tricky thing about uk teams is you you always have to take into account people's feelings with each other because there's certain people that won't play with people there's people that would like don't like people but if you took away all that stuff like they could easily be a team that can compete like to a top 50 level minimum top 60 i'd say like Mm -hmm. People like Mezzi and, and Adam could form a team easily, but they're in Game of Legion, so... Yeah, they've gone to the Game of Legion now. For sure, I, I, I agree, though. I think there could be another roster um, formed with the right people that could have some success if they just stuck around together and done the right things. I fully agree with that. Um, what was the biggest factor that you guys took away as a, for a team, as a team when you uh, had the losses against Complexity? We kind of touched upon it earlier, but what was the biggest factor? Um, we, like, we, we realised that the way we approached the game was decent but you could see in in contrast to complexity that they had so many more answers to things that we hadn't even thought of mm-hmm. and 
they the way they set up sort of started the rounds was so good that it was really hard to sort of break them at the start. So you have to play for the late game. And then if you have a, if you have a poor late game, like they would also beat you as well because they have another answer for something. So like mm-hmm. that's one thing we took. Like we watched them, we watched the demos back, and then we watched also some of their games. Yeah. And we realized that like we had to approach it a bit differently and have sort of different fundamentals. I guess is the word for it mm-hmm. for like starting rounds and like figuring out as well like how we wanted to play like cause every time you watch something and you see people do it differently you, you kind of question how you're playing mm-hmm. which is a good thing um so we were able to figure out a couple of things and realize that you know some things were doing well and some things were just we thought we were doing well at because of yeah. practice but when you came to a top team it just wasn't good at all so like but yeah, those are the main I, I think that's very good points to touch on as well because you guys played them quite a few times so yeah, I guess it's good to like in, in find out like the, the biggest reasons of what actually happened um, I really like this question here from Fabulous Cookie um, is there anybody in the UK who you would like to play with in a team if you had to replace a player and anybody who you'd never want a team with ever or again I guess um so one player you'd like to play with if you ever needed plus one, God forbid, and one player you'd never want to play with again or or never would like to team with. You don't have to answer the second part if you don't want to start <laughs> <causing> <laughs> drama. I think um, to play with someone, like, I've never played with Mezzi, but obviously like he's kind of shut up in everyone's eyes as being this, this new mm-hmm. talent. Or like emerging talent, so I guess it would be Messi. Yeah. Uh, for the second one, it could be big, big trouble. I no, guess. no comment. All right, no comment on the second one. If you want to find that out privately, Cookie, I guess chuck him a DM. I could, I could kind of guess, to be honest, uh, of a couple. Um, no, I can't. I can actually think of someone. So. Yeah. Um, I actually like this question. Nay, my good mate. I think you met Nate before, maybe. Um, it's one question I get asked a lot, and. Uh, I did an interview for this guy the other day and he asked a question. I actually love it. I don't know why I don't ask it more. Um, what did your family think about you pursuing CS? Like, this could have been a long time ago, obviously, when you first went out pro. Like, did you have any issues starting out, like, to cl- classify yourself as a professional gamer? Or or was it just breezy work and you just got on with it? Or was it any struggles that trying to enlighten them on, uh, on how big it can be as a player? Yeah, I mean, my dad thought I was mad. Yeah, um, mine too. I, the, the first salary we got an endpoint was like 200 pound a month and then this was right this was like i don't know how long i've been like maybe right at the start like when i first joined yeah it was 200 pound a month and i said oh look i've been paid 200 pound a month and he was like yeah but that's nothing like yeah you have to go and find a real job still i was like uh yeah we'll see yeah. but it, like even now like i think my brother and sister don't really see it as a, a job Whereas some people's families see it as a job, so yeah. it's like kind of, it's kind of a weird one. It's um, it's such a horrible feeling as well, right? Like I, I had this firsthand with a lot of my family. Very old school. Very like as soon as it was brought up, like it was just get a job, get a job. And then when I proved like my first paycheck within a within CS, like I showed them it, and they were still like, "That's terrible," you know. And it's such a uh, dem- demoralizing. I think is the word, like because you you've worked so hard to get where you know, being this pro, I guess, and you've got no support. Um, so it's, it's kind of a sucky feeling. I guess I guess it's a good question. And I think a lot of players have gone for that first down, even at the top of the end players still, who are getting paid fortunes, still struggle with that with their family. Um, so it's a very good question, Nate. Um, moving on. <laughs> Max showed me dust two defaults for 30 minutes and I quit CS the next day. 
pickles. <laughs> that was actually true. Um, what? Any more questions? Have I missed any here? Let me let me quickly look. I don't think I've missed any. No. Right. If if not, I'm gonna ask my last question because I wasn't gonna ask this, but a lot of people have asked me to do it. Best and worst things about your teammates in the team. <laughs> You don't have to do. By the way, you don't have to do the worst things if you don't want to. It's just a bit of bit of funny, bit of funny banter. The team will probably want uh, to hear it as well. I get to flame my team. This is enjoyable. All right, go on. No, I'm joking. All right, but, um, um, we can do Ross as well if you want. If you want to do him as well, we'll do the team and we'll do Ross. We'll do best and worst things. Let's start out with my good mate Thomas, the Thomas lad coming on the show next. By the way, I'll have you know. Um. Best thing about Thomas is that he's just really highly skilled and you can kind of, if you tell him what to do, he will just do it yeah. without really asking anything. Um, bad thing is that I think sometimes he can get into his own head a bit. Mm-hmm. If he's like, if he's not performing well or like, he, like I think he just finishes uni work, but before he used to have a lot of uni deadlines and stuff, so he used to get into his own head a little bit. But yeah, Thomas is pretty easy to say, I think. Yeah, like, sure. It's a good thing and a bad thing. And I think me, me, me and Lazar spoke about him in my last stream and we said we think he's grown a lot as a player. Like, uh, we obviously, he's got more experience now of just playing constantly with HLTV and I think, like, his emotional side probably improves drastically. That's what me and Joe was talking about. Um, moving on from him, uh, the Joey lad. Oh, I love this guy. Best and worst things about the Joey lad. Best thing is that he's just so energetic and easy to work with. Like, I think everyone says this about him, not just me. Like he's easily the best teammate you can play with because he's never, he never puts anyone down. Like he's always there. He's always contributing. Um, he's always just being funny and stuff. He's just a, a nice teammate to be around mm-hmm. all the time. Um, bad things? I don't even know. Like, well, if there isn't one, you don't have to answer it, bro. Like it's just it's one of those things. Bad thing is they probably. You find it quite hard to get to an interview. <laughs> we'll see about that one. I'll be on straight on the Steam messages in a minute. But to be fair, you're probably not wrong. It's going to be very hard for me to get him on. But I'll do my best. I'll work up some magic and love. Uh, moving on from him. Um, Robin, lad. Tista Swede. Best and worst. Robin, uh, best, I think, for me personally. And it might even be the same for Ross if you bring him on. Like, he, he can test it. Like, he's changed a lot with his like personality in this team like when he started GL and stuff everyone knew he can be like quite stressful and stuff but in this team he's changed it dramatically over the past six months because it was something that we like we each said we need to work on certain things and he's done it probably the best job of sort of transforming himself yeah um bad thing um uh I don't know like I can't, I can't think of a bad thing. Like, <laughs> he, he isn't from the UK. Is that the bad thing? <laughs> yeah, and, he, and he, he can make a, he can make a really weird voice of his mouth if you bring him onto the show. Finally, Pete's already forced it in the contracts. They've all got to come on, so I'm going to be enjoying it, mate. The views and everything. Going to be enjoying asking the questions. Um, you should really think of a bad thing though, because I'm sure they're going to hit you with a bad thing when I ask them the same question. But it don't matter. Oh, um, probably. Uh, Tista K man, mate. There he is. Best and worst thing. Um, I love that guy. I think the good thing about Kai is that he's always the guy you can sort of ask for an, a neutral opinion on something. Like, mm-hmm. it, say you, you know, you might win or lose a game, but you watch it back and you're like, man, like this round, like 
what what's happened in this round like is it good yeah. or bad and then like you know you might have a discussion people get heated and like kyle will go no like this is what it is and they're like oh yeah actually yeah that makes sense like that's a good thing to have in a team it's like a a neutral person that can voice an opinion you know i think that's a really good thing that he does um bad thing again like it's hard to think of a bad thing like um like the, the worst thing actually this is pretty funny yeah go on um <laughs> i like like sleeping I mean, too much pete said <laughs> yeah i love it uh, I, I don't know if, <laughs> hopefully doesn't mind me saying this but the, the, the worst thing he's done for the team <laughs> is he he almost didn't make it to anaheim <laughs> I remember that actually. I remember. I, I can't. We talk about it in Teespeak. I think I was in Teespeak with Neil, and he mentioned it. That's fucking funny. Came on, mate. There he is. Pete sitting indoors, like in the office, sweating, absolutely sweating. Team's not gonna make it. Gonna miss the first game. He, he's gone through that experience before as well with someone. Obviously, might be on this show. No, don't talk about it. We don't talk about it. Uh, we move on from that one. Um, best and worst thing about uh, Ross as a coach. Um, the the worst thing is the easiest one with Ross. Like it's just a he works full time as well as coaching. So for him, it can yeah. be difficult to sort of manage both. Yeah. Um, but the the good thing is that like whenever we need him, he's always there, and he's always like I was saying before, he's always able to sort of be the maturest person in the channel and always give a perspective on something. Yeah. And every time we think things are going bad or like we're losing, he's always sort of there to reassure us that it's not the worst thing in the world, you know, like, yeah, he's always able to sort of contextualize things. He's always, and the other thing as well, like, he's able to work with our analyst and also sort of provide us with like extra information about opponents and stuff, which is a really good thing. Yeah, for sure. And then, then points that you bring up is, is quite good, you know, I, it was something I wasn't going to ask, but then someone asked in the chat about me asking, it's always good because everyone wants to, I think, not a lot of people know about the inside of the roster, you know, and everyone's looking up to you guys at the moment, you know, like, and there's a good reason why. And I think the more I try and push out as much content as possible to get people to know you as a team and how you do things as a team and get to know you as players, I think it's going to benefit you guys. So I'm glad that I actually asked that question in the, in the end. But um, uh, this, was, this was actually something we, we did in our boot camp as well, though. Like right at the start of the team, we, we said, it's actually Ross that said it, it was like, we need to, sort of say good things and bad things about each other so we yeah. know sort of how to improve yeah and i and i think you know asking that question from me to you is i mean it shouldn't be an issue you know you guys are a serious team professional team you, you guys are going to be able to give criticism criticism to one another so i know it wasn't going to be an issue and i think the best thing for you guys is the fact that you can do that and have no worries is why you've done so well um but that concludes my interview for today. Um, I'm going to make an announcement on my Twitter in like a couple of minutes of who I've got coming on next. Uh, let me just public it now real quick. Uh, it's going to be the Mezzi lad coming on my show. We're going to hop back onto my channel. It's going to be next week. Um, but in the future, uh, probably next week sometime, uh, we're going to have someone else from uh, the Endpoint team uh, or some of the staff. Might be the Pete lad coming in on the show. Uh, it's going to be someone. Um, I, I hopefully I can get the K man on. I want I want it to be I want it to be a K man next, but I'm gonna try whoever I can get on is the is the best way. Uh, Pete's gonna force it for me. He's gonna do me a favour, but hopefully I'll be able to get the the guy on uh, unless he's sleeping. Uh, but yeah, boys, if you need any more questions or we've missed out something on stream, um, 
Hit up Mighty Max on Twitter. I'm sure you wouldn't mind people DMing you for some advice, Max. He's obviously said he's going to be pushing out more content in the future. So hit him up if you need him. Um, Pete there, blame F on Whitey's show. I'd absolutely love blame F on my show with the K-Man. Can you imagine? Blame F, blame F K-Man, all on the show. God, be viewers galore, mate. I'll be enjoying it. But yeah, boys, hit up Mighty Max on Twitter. Make sure you follow him. Follow Team Endpoint. Follow me. Um, they're going to be having some updates in the next coming weeks. Uh, hopefully, going to have some more people on. I hope you all enjoyed the stream. First show on Through the Scope of Endpoint. Uh, and yeah, I'll be seeing you guys next week. Peace.